In the spirit of Christmas past, let us gather to listen and learn the ancient stories that our hearts might find wisdom. In the spirit of Christmas present, let us gather to view and question the way things are, that our hearts may seek justice. In the spirit of Christmas future, let us gather to dream and to plan the way things will be, that our hearts may be reclaimed by hope. You now take this morning's offering. The candles, the evergreen, the infant child, these are the symbols of the season. For we affirm that a flame banishes the dreary darkness. For we affirm that the tree of life endures the harshest times. For we affirm that the spirit of love is renewed with the birth of every child. So it is light and life and love we see in the Yuletide fires in the candles of endless hope, and in each infant child. It is the light and life and love we celebrate and the source of our boundless hope. And so, in our celebration of light and life and love, we begin sharing some special stories and songs of the season. During the service, there will be times when children and adults are invited to participate in the fun 
and times to sit back and soak in the wonder of the holidays. After our first two stories, after each one, there will be opportunities to contribute to our communal experience of worship by coming forward and placing an ornament you were given as you entered on our beautiful tree as we all sing some traditional Christmas carols. I encourage everyone to listen carefully for important instructions after each song. And with that, I believe that it's time for our first story, which features our preschoolers, kindergartners, first graders, and all the way up through fourth grade. Without further ado, I introduce the classic tale, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." The stockings were hung on the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. When out on the yard there arose such a clatter, we sprang from our beds to see what was the matter. Away to the window we flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast, we have to talk slower. (laughs) The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow (laughs) gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to our wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, we knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves before the wild hurricane fly, when met with an obstacle and mount to the sky, (laughs) with snowballs. So... Up to the rooftop, the reindeer they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, we heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As we drew in our heads and were turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. (laughs) He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. 
A t- bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his mouth like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. A wink in his eye and a twist of his head soon gave us to know we had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings. Then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, up, up through the chimney he rose. <laughs> he sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But, but we heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight. Perfect. <laughs> now, some important instructions. Some of you are holding tree and stocking ornaments, which are to represent the wonder and magic of Santa Claus. Once we begin singing Here Comes Santa Claus, which is in your order of service, I invite anyone who's holding a tree or stocking ornament to bring it forward and hang it on the tree. Now, please find the words in your order of service. And join me as we sing, Here Comes Santa Claus.
Our next story shares the tale of the birth of Jesus from a new perspective. It is for all to listen, watch, and enjoy. Please look at the screen, at the beautiful pictures, as you listen to the three wise women. In the west, the sky was bright with stars as a young woman stayed up late baking bread. As she waited for the dough to rise, she went to the door and combed her hair, singing a song about the moonlight. Suddenly, she stopped. Far away in the east, there was a new star, brighter than the rest. It was so bright that it bathed the woman's kitchen in starshine. The beams from the star shone right onto the dough. The woman stared in disbelief. The dough was rising as if filled with starlight. She was afraid to touch it at first, but it was quite firm and ready to be baked, so she cooked it in the oven. As soon as it is ready, she said to herself, I shall take the star bread and travel east. I must find where the great light is coming from. Way down in the south, where countries are hotter, another woman sat up late at night rocking her child. He was cutting a tooth and couldn't fall asleep. His mother hummed to him and loved him with words that no one else could understand. Shall Mama get you the moon, sweet baby? She crooned, taking her child out into the night to find a breeze. I could cut you a slice like a piece of mango to cool your poor mouth. The young child reached his fat little arms up to the moon and his mother laughed. Then they saw a strange sight, a bright new star rising in the northeast. Star shine shone on the child's face, making him smile. His mother watched in silence, her heart filled with desire to leave her village and follow the bright star. Far away in the southeast, an old woman was telling stories to her grandchildren by the dying light of a cooking fire. Their mother sat resting for the first time that day while the old woman spoke of tigers and monkeys and temples and snakes and lotus flowers. But gradually the story began to change and suddenly there was a star in it. Just like the star up there in the northwest, said the old woman. When what happened, Grandma? The child prompted her, for she had stopped in mid-story and was gazing at the star till it filled her mind. And all the children hushed and gazed with her, forgetting the story they'd been listening to and wanting a new one full of silver starlight. What was it about that star? There was something different about it that drew all three women from their homelands and something the same that said to each of them, follow me. When they met on a path of starlight, not knowing how long or far they had traveled, they were not hungry or thirsty or tired, so each supposed her journey had been short. They found themselves in a dusty road at midnight, where the sky was a deep, dark blue, and the moon a fingernail of mother of pearl. Each woman looked toward her own bright star and seemed to stand, that seemed to stand still over a huddle of houses. The end of our journey, said the grandmother. Let me carry your baby for a while, said the young woman to the mother. And they all walked together through the hills, past sleeping shepherds, down to the town. The star stayed where it was, growing ever bigger and brighter. It threw down great white spears of starlight onto a small white building with a thatched roof. The young woman started when she saw people coming out of the building and gave the baby back to his mother. They all watched as men in fine robes and their servants mounted on camels and rode away. 
Others have followed the star before us, said the mother. Suddenly all three women were afraid. We've come so far, said the young woman. We must go inside. They ducked their heads under the low door beam and looked in. It was just a stable with horses and donkeys, but it was also a home for a new family. A man and a woman and a newborn child all bathed in starlight so that the golden straw was silver. And yet there was gold, a whole heap of it by the baby's makeshift crib and other riches too, but nothing was as rich or as bright as the glow surrounding the baby. Come in, said the new mother, and the women entered quickly and quietly. Their hearts were full. They too wanted to give presents, They told the baby's mother how they had left their homes drawn by the star with no more than the bundles they carried. They had traveled by starlight and moonlight, hardly knowing how they got there. The young woman took the loaf of star bread from her bundle. It was still warm and smelled fresh. She gave it to the baby's mother, and although he was too young to eat it, the baby touched the loaf as if to bless it. The grandmother said, I have nothing in my bundle to give the child, but I would like to tell him a story. Then the three women sat in the straw with the new family, and the grandmother told a story full of starlight and hope. All this time, the mother from the south held her sleeping baby, and her heart was pounding, for he was all she had to give. Although she was filled with a strange new love for the baby in the crib, her own child was as dear to her as life itself. When the story ended, her child awoke. Right away, he saw the baby and held out his arms to him. The two mothers held their sons, and the child gave the baby a kiss full of starlight. His mother sighed and held her baby tight. There had been a present after all. The three women left the stable and walked the paths the star had made to lead them home. When they got back to their villages, no one noticed that they had been away. And no one remembered the star. But the star baby in the stable never forgot the women and their three presents. When he grew up, he showed that fresh-baked loaves taste even better when they are shared. He told the most wonderful stories to anyone who would listen. And the man whose birth had been marked by a new star taught the whole world that the greatest gift of all is love. Now, some important instructions. Some of you are holding, holding woven stars or felt wreaths, which are to represent this time of hope and love. Once we begin hymn number 237, which is the first Noel, I invite anyone who's holding a star or a wreath to bring it forward and hang it on the tree. Now, please join me and rise as you are willing and able as we sing the first Noel. All three verses, please.
Our final presentation is actually a song that speaks of the love of giving during the holiday season. It has been claimed by some to be a coded reference to important articles of the Christian faith, but Snopes disagrees. People of all ages in our church family will share in presenting the visuals for this timeless song to complete our Christmas experience. I must admit that this song singing process is going to be quite organic as participants come forward to play their roles as the beginning of their line of the song starts for the first time. I strongly encourage anyone who comes forward for their part in the song to be enthusiastic and use whatever creative license and interpretation you like. Please bear with us in the spirit of holiday, fun, joy, and togetherness. And please enjoy the humor as you absorb its message of giving. And now, I need my first person before I even do this. Yes, okay. And now, last, but certainly not least, and I'm hoping you kind of know this song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. Are we ready to sing? You got it anyway. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, oh no, my true love gave to me three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds, three French hens, two
I feel that that suffices as our closing song. So as folks reintegrate into the pews, if you could find someone's hand to hold for our closing words today, I'll give you some time. As we leave this place today, may we always remember that Christmas is a time of wonder, hope, giving, and love for all humankind. Our traditional closing words are by Sophia Lyon Voss. For so the children come, and so they have been coming. Always in the same way they come, born of the seed of man and woman. No angels herald their beginnings. No prophets predict their future courses. No wise men see a star to show where to find the babe that will save humankind. Yet each night a child is born is a holy night. Fathers and mothers sitting beside their children's cribs feel the glory in the sight of a new life beginning. They ask, where and how will this new life end? Or will it ever end? Each night a child is born is a holy night. A time for singing, a time for wondering, a time for worshiping. So be it.